just found a very peaceful place. You know, you have the smell of the of the wood fire oven, you have the warmth, and you have those very genuine um, bakers willing to share some of their time to a complete stranger to you know talk about sourdough bread. And I, it already felt like straight away it felt right. You know, I was yeah, yeah that's I was, beautiful. And so I when I came back from Trentham, um, I just called my uh, my boss uh, Sean and, and just said, yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave and wow. uh, and make bread. Welcome to A Table for Two, inspiring and educational interviews and stories with the best operators, owners, and entrepreneurs in business and the hospitality industry. My name is Phil Halani, and on today's episode, we chat to Alex Riviere, owner of Black Cockatoo Bakery in the Blue Mountains. Alex was born in France, and his passion for hospitality came at a young age, watching his family of restaurateurs run hospitality venues. He moved to Australia at the age of 22 and worked in several well-known restaurants around Bondi, one of them being Sean's Panorama. After spending several years in Australia, Alex and his partner Lulu decided to move back to France to be closer to family. But it didn't take long for them to miss their Australian way of life, and two years later, when a newborn baby decided to move back to Australia. They loved the relaxed Blue Mountains lifestyle and moved there to raise their family. Alex resumed work as a chef in Mount Toma, and part of his job was making sourdough for the restaurant. This is where his obsession for baking started. He was obsessed with baking. He was learning from YouTube and reaching out to other bakers on Instagram to learn how to bake. With the support of his wife Lulu, it didn't take long for him to quit his job as a chef and start baking full-time. David Harris from Vesta allowed him to use his wood-fire oven after the restaurant would close, which allowed Alex to start supplying several cafes and restaurants. He set up a Saturday morning store at the Blue Mountains Food Co-op Markets, and that's where he grew his reputation. He would prep all his sourdough from his house and then head to Vesta to bake his bread at night. He was starting to get tired of all the logistics of making his, making his own bread from home and then using another venue to bake his bread. So he decided to ask other cafe operators if they knew anyone that was willing to invest in helping him set up his own bakery. He was connected with Stefan and Rosie, who were in awe of his bread, vision and passion, and decided to invest in him. Things progressed very quickly and within several months, they opened their first bakery called Black Cockatoo. Broadsheet was once quoted as saying his bakery committed similar cues to an Apple store on a new iPhone day. With two stores and a wholesale business, Black Cockatoo is popular as ever, selling nearly 4,000 pastries a week. I was so inspired by Alex's story. His business is built on pure passion and obsession and love for baking. Alex is 100% self-taught in making bread and pastries. He credits his wife Lulu for the success he has had. He would never have been able to pursue his passion for baking if she did not support him. A quick shout out to our good friends at Procal Dairies, Sonoma Baking Co. and MD Providors, who are passionate about supporting small businesses, the hospitality industry, and also this podcast. Um, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thanks for coming here. We've, um, we know we've been wanting to do this for a while, but um, you said you were a bit nervous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not good at talking about myself, especially <laughs> knowing there'll be a, a crowd listening to it. Well, it's, but it's a good exercise for me. Yeah, yeah. it's very important people hear your story. Uh, it's, you know, I've obviously we've spoken a few times off air and your story is very inspiring. So I, I can't wait to get into it. Um, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, essentially you, you're, you came from France. Yeah. Um, can you talk yep. to us a little bit about um, life in France and what it was like growing up over there? Oh, I loved it. I grew up in a family of um, um, restaurateurs. Both of my parents um, own a, a restaurant together. So I grew up in this restaurant, kind of bistro style, you know, very um, rustic uh, kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in there. So, um, you know, from a very young age, I had this connection to, um, to food. And um, yeah, no, it's a beautiful um, country to grow, to grow in. And um, yeah, just love the vibe, love the people, love how... Um, 
yeah, people can gather like that in a little bistro cafe and exchange. And it was a beautiful kind of um, uh, scene, you know, to witness people yeah. coming from different social background, meet in, t in one place and drink a few glasses and, you know, ex exchange. It was just a, like a constant entertainment, you know, and, all day long. And did you work in hospitality while you were there with your family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I worked with my parents um, uh, during the weekends, but I was also studying um, hospitality school um, back in France as well to train to be a, a chef. So, so you, from a young age, you knew what you wanted to be in hospitality? Yeah, even though my parents both said, don't do that, it's gonna, you're not going to see your friends, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I just went, went so and did it. Let me ask you a quick, we were fast-tracking a little bit, but now yeah. when you tell your kids, if they say they want to get into hospitality, what would you say to them? I don't know. The, the, the youngest is very keen. Yeah. So yeah, he, he likes it. I mean, he's, you know, he's only four years old, so we've got a, got a bit of time for that. But um, yeah, I'll probably try to like... Uh, Tell them not to not to do hospitality or you know do it with a, with the heart you know if they're really passionate about it not just because I'm doing it or you know, yeah that, that's the common statement I get from most people is if you want to get into it get into it but be make sure it's 100 percent passion that's it yeah that's that's very important commitment yeah yeah for sure yeah. so let's talk a little bit so how old were you when you came from France um, in Australia yeah um, it was in 2011 I think I was around 24 24 um, maybe a bit younger now 20. 22 years old. Um, what, what brought you to Australia? Um, I, I was planning initially on uh, um, taking over my uh, father's restaurant, but things didn't go too well uh, financially, so um, I wasn't able to, um, to take over. So um, uh, a few friends of mine were already in Australia and saying, mate, come to Bondi Beach, it's amazing. You know, we, the life is great. And um, so, yeah, so I, I just moved, decided yeah, to move to Australia just to experience uh, life there. Just trying to go on the other side of the world and see what was there. And, and so you, you come to Australia at the age of 22, do you straight away jump into hospitality? Yeah, hospitality, because that's the easiest option, yeah. you know, like train chef. So um, um, I did a few jobs, including um, uh, one for brown sugar in, uh, in Bondi Beach. Um, and then um, soon after that, I uh, um, ended up at uh, Sean's Panorama on, on Bondi oh, wow. Beach as well. Um, I was lucky enough um, to work there for about two years. On and off. Very I mean, well known uh, venue. Yeah, 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 and, and this is this was a very inspiring um, experience. This is where, you know, um, French cuisine is amazing to teach you all the basics and have very strong um, knowledge about, um, uh, yeah, strong basic knowledge. But w when I came here to Sean's, uh, it was a completely different um, view, outlook on uh, on food. You know how to serve it, how to cook it, and um, the produce to use. And and yeah, that was a big revelation for me that working there. And so. You, while you're working here in Australia, did you still have the passion to or dream to open your own business? Yeah, yeah. In, in Australia, in Australia, I yeah. think I was still more at this stage. I was still thinking about a restaurant, mm. um, especially with a, another very good friend of mine that's also in hospitality and but more into the front of house bar kind of thing. So we've yeah. always thought that one day it would be cool to open something together. Um, so yeah, it was always something I had in mind. Yeah. So what's the journey? You obviously you're in baking now, but you went from Bondi and you're living in, in the Blue Mountains. How did that happen? So I met um, I met my partner at, in Bondi, working okay. in, a, in a restaurant. So we um, walked there together at um, Lockstock in, in Barrow oh, in, wow. in, on Bondi yeah, Beach. Yeah, that's uh, the ba bagels and bagels yeah, and yeah. beautiful food. We still go there every time that's we go awesome. to Bondi Beach. Um, and um, yeah, and we um, decided to just go to France because we um, yeah just wanted to to travel and see something else of the world and. Um, I think we both had enough of, uh, of Bondi Beach at, the, at that uh, stage of life. 
Um, and we, this is just when we found out that uh, my partner was pregnant as well. So oh, we decided, wow. let's just go get closer to our families that are uh, in Europe, in England for her and in France for me, and just spend more time and have a bit of the, you know, the family support. Oh, so that, this is why we, we left. Um, this is why we left um, Bondi. And, um, and then, yeah, then soon after we realized, hold on, we, we, we just miss the, the Australian life too much, you know, the ocean. So did you people. go back to plan to live there? Yeah, yeah, we, wow. we we stayed we stayed in France and um and the UK for about two years. You know, wow. I'm still working as a chef, doing crazy hours. I'm, I'm I barely saw my my first son uh, wow. a few months at the beginning. You know, trying to sustain um, life for the you know the, the little family. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Wow. And so you come back to Australia. What's the next decision? Um, next decision. So we we came back and decided to go to the mountains instead of coming back to Bondi. Um, just because you know it's easier to, um, to to raise a family and afford a uh, you know nice house with garden you know for the for the kids and for us as well a bit more space yeah. a bit more space that's right and um, and I couldn't find um, bread to my liking here in the Blue Mountains. Um, Sorry, just to back yeah. up a little bit. Did yeah. you when you moved to the Blue Mountains? Did you move there and start working as a chef before that? Yeah, <clears throat> so I worked as a chef again for Sean, again, from Sean's Panorama. He had um, okay. a little restaurant in, um, in the Botanic Garden yeah. in Mount Thomas, in the other side of the mountain. Oh, it's a beautiful spot, yeah. Yeah, so I worked there for about, um, about um, maybe six months, and then very quickly I started to, um, to make sourdough for the restaurant, so serving two customers. This is just- You, you were making it? Making it as a chef. Um, I was starting to make it at home, um, and then um, one day I um, made it taste to uh, Sean and, and Manu, um, the owner of that restaurant, and um, and they both suggested to um, to serve it for customers in a restaurant. So already there at that stage, I was you know very um, very um, excited about the opportunity to be making bread for wow. customers, and we would just cut it, you know, big slices with a house-made butter as well on it. Um, so yeah, this is where the sourdough journey started. Is when I was yeah making bread for a restaurant. So you said that you couldn't find good sourdough anywhere in the Blue Mountains? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, there is good sourdough, but I mean, to my liking, okay. sourdough that I, you know, uh, with very specific um, um, criteria, you know, a very yeah, dark, um, uh, crunchy crust, uh, moist crumb, and you know, yeah, I, I couldn't find it. But there is o other bakeries. Oh, in other the ones here. Yeah. You're obviously yeah. the most popular in the Blue Mountains. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, so talk to me about that journey. So you're, yeah. you're, you're working as a chef, you're making yeah. some sourdough for the restaurant. Sean tries the bread, loves it. Yeah. What's next? What's next is um, I, I couldn't stop baking. So you, you loved know, it. I, at home, I just kept baking on days off, um, kept experimenting. And this is where I just started getting into um, uh, entering the Instagram world. Okay. And um, because there's a lot of inspiration and a lot of um, bakers that were already uh, posting quite a big um, bakers community. Um, so I, um, you know, a lot of inspiration. Um, a lot of them were already willing to share, you know, their recipes or methods. Um, so I progressed quite quickly, just thanks to in Instagram and, you know, a few other websites. Um, and um, and then I quickly tried to find a way to make a business out of it. I thought, hold on, there's no one making bread like that in a mountain. Um, there's quite a lot of cafes and restaurants, so I, I must find a way to. Um, to bake it, you know, I could make it at home. That's fine to make it at home. It's just find an oven that's big enough mm. to um, to bake it. Yeah. And um, this is when I um, met uh, David Harris, 
which was the owner of um, one of the owner of uh, Vesta. It's a restaurant in Blackheath that has a, a big um, 120 years old uh, Scotch oven. So this is you know old uh, wood fire oven. Okay. Um, and um, I met with him. Uh, we had a coffee, and um, he straight away said, "Yes, just come and use the oven after hours. You know when the chefs are wow. gone." <clears throat> so, so yeah, this is how it started with a so, wood fire oven. So you're you've, you've obviously outgrown your space at home. You're working at Vesta in the at night making. At this point, were you making bread just for yourself, or were you started making bread for other restaurants? That was when I did the big jump, when we didn't have any savings, my family, and I looked at my partners yeah. and asked her, you know, are you okay? And she fully supported me, and um, and we went ahead like that, you know, not knowing whether we would make enough money, but you know, this is something I, I strongly believed in, and she also strongly believed in me, and the product that we were making, um, and so this is. At the same time as I was getting into this restaurant, Vesta, to, um, um, and use the wood fire oven, I also um, went to see a few cafes and restaurants and, and show them the bread uh, that I was baking at home at the time. Um, and um, yeah, this is how it started. I just had a few customers, including Anonymous um, in Blackheath. They were my first customers with Littleton stores, which are in uh, Lawson as well, just across the road here. Okay. And they were willing to, um, crazy enough to, to, to accept my yeah. bread because it was very fluctuating. The quality okay. wasn't yeah. uh, consistent with this wood fire oven, very hard to tame. And were you still working as a chef at this point? Um, I was, so um, I was still working as a chef, um, but when I, made, when I made the big jump now, I, I actually quit. I, um, wow. Just before that, I went to see uh, John Red uh, from Red Beard Bakery, John Reed. Um, in Trentham in Victoria. Okay. So I went to see him because he had the same, um, a bigger version of the, the oven I had in uh, Blackheath. Um, and I initially called him and started to ask him a few, you know, gig questions, you know, how, how do you do this and that? And he was like, why, why don't you just come here? Wow. Come, come and you spend the day with us and we can show you everything, show you how the, the oven works. And um, so I went straight away, like drove 10 hours there. <laughs> Um, did a shift and uh, drove back on the same um, on the same day, um, and so yeah, I'm, I'll be forever grateful from um, for having met that uh, person, John Reed, um, and introducing me to the to the Saudo. And you know, I, I just found a very peaceful place. You know, you have the smell of the of the wood fire oven, you have the warmth, and you have those very genuine um, bakers willing to share some of their time to a complete stranger to you know, talk about sourdough bread. And I, it already felt like straight away it felt right. You know, I was, yeah, yeah that's I was, beautiful. and so I, when I came back from Trentham, um, I just called my, uh, my boss, uh, Sean and, and just said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave and, wow. uh, and make bread. Yeah. What a, what a, that's a cool <laughs> story, man. What, so, so from that journey, you're st at this point, were you still using the bakery, the kitchen at Vesta? Yeah. Yeah, at this point I was just, yeah, I was making everything at home um, with a little five kilo scale, a little water jug, three liter <laughs> water jug, some, some plastic containers where I was mixing everything, you know, on the floor, on my knees. Um, wow. In winter it was hard to control, you know, cause I was, so I turned the, the, the wood fire on in my house and trying to put it close enough. And <laughs> so I didn't sleep much because I started in the afternoon yeah. and I had to make it ready for around midnight uh, when the chefs are gone from the restaurant and then I would come there and do the delivery after making the bread and all wow. that as well. So how did your wife handle that? That was hard. <laughs> it was a hard time. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's hard when you start, when you, when you don't have any um, enough saving, um, you know, to kind of have the financial um, um, 
peace of mind to say, you know, it's okay if this, if this um, customer doesn't pay us this week, it's fine, you know, that's okay. No? So instead I was, you know, really much relying on those, uh, on those payments. You know? So it was a bit, a lot of stress, but it's, it's worth it, you know. Like, and, and how many clients did you have at that point? How many customers did um, you have? Not, not many. So I had Anonymous, which is a, a busy cafe in Blackheath. Um, then I had Littleton Stores, which now is a co-op uh, cooperative yep. shop, uh, fruit and veg. And, um, and, um, and then it's yeah, slowly grown from that to a few other cafes and restaurants. So yeah. maybe, maybe three or four at this stage. Um, I had a restaurant here, another one in, also in Lawson that was um, um, getting my bread. But yeah, the, the, the bread could be amazing, come also as very average as well, you know, because it's, um, I was still very new to the trade and having to understand all those fermentation um, uh, components uh, on, on the very early stage whilst learning to work with a wood fire oven that's way too big for me, you know, like mm. finding the right temperature and, and, and this whole uh, schedule thing as well. So yeah, it was very tricky to, um, yeah. to keep it. So it was an um, emotional uh, riddle coaster. Highs and lows. Yeah, we're def exactly. We're definitely going to talk about the mental side of things in business. Yeah. Can you talk to us about the transition from working at Vestar, baking bread at night, and using your house to opening Black Hawker 2? What was that transition like in between? Um, it was good. I was, um, I think there's, um, I think one of your questions is also um, coming later uh, about the luck, whether you, if you're totally. lucky, <laughs> how much, how much would you attribute that to luck? And yeah. so that's, that's uh, at that specific moment, um, I was starting to get a bit tired of, um, of the logistic of it, you know, doing everything yourself. Um, and um, yeah, so I, w I, I was I starting to talk around to cafes, uh, cafe owners saying, hey, if you know of anyone that would be willing to start investing money um, into a, li a little project and start opening a small bakery so I can make bread and everything can be a bit more um, uh, better managed and, um, and, and more, um, yeah, so I can, you know, try to supply as many more people um, and um, yeah, and this is when the owner of uh, Anonymous in Blackheath did um, meet uh, a regular customers of, of, of his, um, Stefan and, uh, and Rosie. Um, and um, this is when Anakin called me and said, hey, I've got um, those people that will be interested to talk to you about, um, about your bread, you know, bakery project. And um, that's it. This is how it started. Wow. So, yeah. so how did that come about? You meet them and then what, what's so, the um, So they, they, they live in America. Um, and, but they're um, from here? Um, uh, Rosie's from, uh, from here. Okay. Uh, she lived in Australia for quite a while and, um, and Stefan is, um, is American. Okay. Um, and uh, they, but they come here every year because they have family in Australia. So, you know, that, that's their time to visit uh, the family during Christmas time. Nice. Uh, obviously, I've missed them last year. Because of COVID. Uh, that's it. Yeah. So. Um, so we, we, it was pretty quick. We met um, once at the cafe, had a brief chat, met a second time at their place in Blackheath, um, had a bit more in-depth chat about the project, about uh, what I wanted, and, um, and they loved it. They loved it instantly, and, and then they flew to America the week after, and then we just kept everything you know, through email, kept um, in touch, wow. communication yeah, through emails, and, and you know, Zoom meeting and phone calls, and this is how we set up the whole thing. So you're setting up via Zoom and FaceTime and, That's and it. meetings, emails. That's and so it, yeah. from when they went back to America to you opening Black Hawk 2 in Lawson, how long did that take? Um, it took quite a while, I think um, uh, just under a year, under a I year. think. Yep. Um, I'd, I'd say eight months, yeah, I'd say eight months. Um, I'm terrible with remembering all those, you know, the yeah, yeah. time frames of events, but yeah, I'd say, yeah, probably eight months. And, and 
what was it like because you had your business partners overseas and you were doing everything on the ground what was that like um that was good they, they were fully supporting me from the from the beginning you know there we we had this trust um that was yeah installed uh, instantly and um yeah we we just did yeah everything like that through phone calls and there, um there's also um Susie which is the sister of, of Rosie and I and think I met she, her yeah you met Susie yeah. that's it and she um she does live here in Sydney so she was also very much involved that's into amazing. the the setting up process and helping me with everything how did um, you deal with the the setup process like I mean it's your first shop right like uh, it? it's what? just it's crazy yeah. it's crazy but um um I think it's uh necessary to go through all the steps and finding out of course it would have been easier if you know I had uh, I knew someone or you had someone that would be um, had done it before you know mm. that would be helped to make things much uh, smoother but um it, it was okay it was okay you know dealing with council and, and everything you know, that, that was fine yeah everything went pretty smoothly quite smooth yeah, yeah. that's good to hear especially yeah. for the first one so. yeah and you spoke a little bit about your business partners but What's it been like being in, in, in business with them? You've obviously spoken a few times and said they're very supportive. Very supportive. Yeah. Is yeah. that what would you be, essentially from a business partner? Can you would you change anything or you're very happy? No, that's beautiful. I mean, I I would like to see them more often. I'd like to um to to be able to welcome them more into the space that they've uh but they've they've built, even though they haven't been here. You know, that's their um, imprint and their, their and their you know thanks to their support. Uh, I'd say unconditional support. You know, that that we have been able to, to build all this and their trust as well, you know, cause we, we didn't know each other that much when we, when we started this whole venture. Yeah, you know? So that's um, mm. also, um, yeah. But they so, obviously trusted you and they loved your product. So yeah. there, was that, there was that connection there. Yeah, yeah, I brought them a loaf of bread. I wish you, called, I wish you called me, we could have done something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so do you think maybe it makes it a little bit easier from a business partner, even though you say you'd love to have them here more, that because you guys aren't in each other's face all the time, maybe that yeah. makes the partnership a bit easier? I th um, I'm, I'm not too sure because they, again, they, they, they do let me uh, make the decisions. You know, obviously there's big decisions, you know, that, that you have to talk to your partners with, but um, most of it has been done, um, me and, you know, my partner and, and, um, and yeah, I think that, that again that's just full trust so we yeah we could do whatever we felt like doing and creating and um that goes for everything you know the the design of the shop um the product that we're selling um you know the the staff the the equipment as well that we bought yeah. um yeah it's so i, I don't think it would have been a uh, much harder um because of that trust and um yeah well they obviously back you they know you know what to do and they're just here for support, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's still a, a bit crazy from them initially. You know, I'm an, an old chef that's done baker. That's yeah. New, that's how, I mean, that's, that, that, um, it's a beautiful story, but I love the fact that they let you run with it. And if you need yeah. anything, yeah. they're there for that's you. That's it. So. That's it. The one thing I have to ask, in the industry, yeah. being a chef is probably one of the hardest jobs in, the, in hospitality. You know, the pressures are stress. But everyone says that being a baker is even harder. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's that's a funny one because I, I remember from um, when we made the decision uh, when we lived in France and made the decision to move back to Australia. I, I was looking at those jobs, uh, you know, uh, landscaping, permaculture. You know, when I'm going to be outside all year long, I didn't want to be in between four walls and walking yeah. those hours. And um, and of course, reality quickly, you know, came back, caught up when we came back. We need to make money, start work as a chef. Um, yeah, no, the hours are, um, I think, are crazier, definitely. Like, I'm, 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 
now not many, doing too many um, uh, earlies. You know, when I say earlies, midnight, 1 a.m. starts. Okay. Um, of course, if you know, if I have to, if you know, someone's sick or something, I'll, I'll jump on board and do them. Um, but it it is a hard um, hard industry for that because of that uh, those hours and definitely I'd say harder than uh, than than chefing because you have to start early like that. Is the pressures different? Is the different pressures are just hard? Like, mm, I think it's more. Um, again, if you're doing those early shifts, uh, midnight, one, two a.m., this is more about the long-term effect of those shifts on your body and on your mind. You know, if you if you don't have a very strict um, diet or um, uh, you know, balance in life, you know, doing some exercise, trying to see, you know, get a bit of sunshine before you go in bed, you know, or go for a nap, um, it can get really hard. You know, after a few months, it's you. You, you can see sometimes, uh, yeah. If you don't look after yourself well enough, it can uh, can be yeah, quite yeah. detrimental. I want to talk a little bit more about that side of things because I think it's it's very important people understand the pressures that you're already facing um, day to day. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the mental stress of of running a bakery? Um, well, it is hard. It is hard, uh, especially um, also again on the family because you um, you are um, you know trying to juggle everything. Uh, you know, the front of house, um, rostering, the back of house, and uh, obviously trying to um, uh, to still be um, creating good product. And, um, you know, one very important things, I think, in hospitality, but also very much in, um, in baking is that you need to be supplying a very uh, consistent product. And, um, and this, this is um, a, a, a hard one, you know, because you're working with a sourdough product, everything is a sourdough here. Um, so it's a product that is very much ali alive. So you need to, you know, make sure you control all those um, um, parameters to make sure it's. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of stress. Um, uh, but it's um, again, uh, if you have um, a very supportive family, you know, which I have, you know, good friends that are here, you know, to to cheer you up and, and help you in, in those difficult times. That's um, that's fine. But yeah, what do you do to stay balanced? How do you keep your balance? Um, well, that's that's something that I'm constantly pursuing. I don't think I've um, achieved uh, a good balance. I'm definitely getting better. Um, then there's you know obviously when the, some staff get sick or um, you know other things happen or you have a new uh, new openings where you have to you know walk a bit more and then uh, the, the balance goes to um, goes to the window. But I'm you know just trying to exercise a bit. Um, trying to be careful with uh, what I'm eating as well. Um, it's hard when you work in a bakery. It's hard, but I'm um, I'm gonna confess I've been uh, off gluten and dairy for the past uh, two or three weeks. Really? Now, like, almost three weeks now, and um, it does feel good. I mean, I you know I have to taste product, but of it's course. very you know um, it feel, just, just feel good because it's easy to have you know one two pound chocolate in the morning right out of the oven, of a few more coffee, <laughs> bread and cheese for lunch. It's, it sounds like my dream right now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. So you have to be careful. Otherwise, so you just it, quickly eat that the, every day. You know. So you're just cutting it out for a bit and then you get back into it. Cutting it out for a bit and see. Um, see, I'm. It, it does feel good because it helps me. Um, I feel like I'm. I'm seeing a bit Clear. clearer. You know, yeah. like it's. Um, um, but yeah, I think balance. Um, trying to see your kids, family. Um, trying to um, um, to cap your um, uh, hours in a week, trying yeah. to do not too many hours. Otherwise, you know you're, you're depleted. You're not available for your kids or for the family, and then because you got two beautiful go boys and you got another one and on one the on the way, so another yes. girl. So yes, yeah. congratulations, man. Yeah. That's very Thank exciting. You. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you. You got into baking obviously a little later. How old were you when you started baking your own bread? Um, I was. Um, well, that was. Um, when was that? How old was? 
this one when we came back to Australia. So that was maybe four years, four or five years ago. So I'm 32 now, so yeah, yeah. Do you think because you got into baking later in life, you have this passion that you probably wouldn't have had if you started at 15? Like you know how chefs get to a point where they yeah, bring out? Yeah. Do you think being, being at baking and starting a bit later in life was it, was it, is it positive? Um, I think so. Like I, I definitely, I, I did feel like that as a chef. Like I had enough of chefing, you know, I just wanted to get out of it. Um, so I, uh, I understand how it could be a common thing after like, you know, 15, 20 years to want it to get out of it. Um, yeah, I think maybe I didn't think about that that much, but maybe because it's a new passion coming a bit late, um, you have a bit more maturity. So yeah, you maybe have a bit more, um, um, more maturity to make the right decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ha has it been hard finding staff for your bakery, especially being in Katoomba? Um, it, it has. Yeah. It has. Oh, Lawson, um, sorry, yeah. um, it, it, it's been tricky uh, to find um, uh, some, some staff. Um, front of house, it's been, it's been much easier. Um, I think uh, also because of the, the image that we are um, uh, giving away, you know, when people come to buy uh, bread at the shop, you know, they can see the bakers, you can see, you know, of course. smiley on the face. They see that, that's, everyone's uh, happy, yeah. That's it, there's a lot of people that want to come that have no experience that yeah. to just come to me, can I just come and work and learn? I've got quite a... Um, so yeah, it's, it's been um, challenging, definitely, uh, but so far we've um, managed to, to juggle. Yeah. Uh, you've done a good job, man. Um, <laughs> what, what's, uh, can you give me a bit of a rundown of the process of baking and, and essentially how, it start, how your day starts? If you're, if you're sitting there starting from the start, what's your day look like as a baker? Um, well, there, there's a few, um, there's a few uh, positions. Um, there, there will be the one that's going to start early in the morning, that's going to start baking the bread. Um, so straight out, out, out of the prover where it's um, rising all night long, you know, slowly fermenting. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, there's one of them. So the, the baker that starts uh, baking all the bread. And um, then there's um, someone that comes to mix the bread a little bit later in the day. And um, two or three, no, three to four hours later, we start shaping the bread and um, then putting again into um, uh, baskets and for um, overnight fermentation in our fridges. And is pastry, what about pastries? Is the same kind of... Pastries, uh, it's, um, it takes a bit more time. Uh, it's, a, it's about a three-day three day, uh, process from the time we are making the dough. Uh, so we make the dough the day before, put it in a, in a fridge, then make the pastries out of that dough, you know, laminate with a, with yeah. a butter. And then we put it in a prover again um, overnight for the following day uh, baking. So, so it's a three-day process. Three process. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and people sometimes complain about the price when it's... <laughs> I know, I know. And we use good ingredients, you know, all the, the best. You know, everything is, uh, is organic. Uh, we use pepisaya butter, cultured butter in, um, in our pastries. I mean, it's, it's everything, you know, you can see around you, like the, the product, it's... Uh, we try to use organic as much as we can, or Australian. Yeah. product as well that's very important and, and do you find um, being in Lawson has been a benefit for you like obviously there's not there's a lot of great restaurants and cafes in Lawson not a, not a lot of bakeries but your bakery really stands out people are traveling all around Australia to come try your bakery what's been yeah. the reception of from the from the locals ah the locals loved it yeah the locals loved it and um, I think it was perfect for us as well because we were so um, we didn't have any experience so coming here in the Blue Mountains um, was a bit more um, forgiving than I believe if I were to start in another big city around Australia where they already have a lot of, um, you know, uh, I'd say good or big bakery or similar bakeries. More you options, know? yeah. More options, that's right. So um, um, it's definitely be more forgiving and um, our people, people loved it straight away, you know, being very overwhelmed with the amount of um, 
um, customers that we had from the beginning, um, especially when we started making um, pastries. Yeah. Again, because I had to teach myself to make pastries. So I started with very small batches and they were you know, selling out before they were even in. You know? we, so we had to be careful because people would argue or you know, get, get angry because <laughs> you, know, so you, you sold I them a pastry that. and you, yeah. you, you don't, so yeah. So um, yeah, we've been welcomed very well uh, from the Blue Mountains community and uh, it feels good to That's be here. Man. Yeah. And, and so I'd love to know where the name Black Cocker 2 came from. Um, uh, that is because uh, when I was still working at um, Sean's restaurant in uh, Mount Toma, um, so I was uh, commuting there um, every morning, uh, driving, and on the other side of the mountain in Bilpin, um, and this happened at a time when I was already thinking about the bakery a lot at that time. So I was driving to work, thinking about, you know, how I imagine, you know, one day if you, if you own your own bakery, that would, how, how cool would that be? You know, it would be amazing. And so I was thinking about it and dreaming about it a lot. And, and often I would have, um, or happened a few times, but enough to, um, to, be, um, to be noticed. Uh, a black cockatoo would just fly right in front of me as I was uh, driving by, you know. So, yeah, quickly came the idea of uh, oh, if I ever own a bakery, it would be called Black Cockatoo Bakery. It's amazing. It's amazing how things come out like that, it's right? It's crazy because I would have never thought mm. at that precise time that I would have a bakery. You know, that's, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, I love yeah. the name. I love the branding. So you've done a re you. really good job with that. So um, you've spoken a little bit about, you're quite humble. You said there is other good bakeries in the mountains, mm -hmm. but um, your, your style is different. What, what separates your bread and your pastries to other bakeries? Um, I think it comes down to um, the way we are making it, um, the way we hydrate our dough, so basically the water content in our, in our bread, you know, that keeps it nice and, and, and moist yeah. um, for, um, for many days after, um, after buying it. Um, the product that we use, we like to use ancient grains, you know, we use the, the emmer flour and, um, and the corazon a lot, they're two best sellers. Um, and um, yeah, uh, the, the way we bake it as well, like nice dark crust, um, not too dark, um, but yeah, nice dark crust and yeah, keep it changing and yeah. It's amazing to think you learn all this self-taught. Self yeah, I mean, you know, Instagram and again, you know, I was asking to a lot of people around um, and um, yeah, yeah, just it, a lot of testing out at home. And it's, 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 I think that's the passion behind that just shows it's pure passion. You're reaching out to people, you're on YouTube, finding how to make bread, yeah. paste, pastries. And pastries, you didn't even know how to make that and then you started doing nah, like, It was a nightmare Very at the special, man. <laughs> it was a nightmare. But yeah, it's um, worth it. And so we, you spoke a little bit about people fighting at the start, like trying to get pastries and breads. Um, there was a feature in Broadsheet. They described the oh, lineup. Yes. The lineup. <laughs> the lineup at Block Hockey Two every day was as long as the Apple stores when the new iPhone is released. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. How did that make you feel? And 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 what did that do for you, for your business? Uh, well, you know, it was it was amazing because it was the first time that we had like a, a proper, um, not a proper, but you know, like one of those big uh, publications, digital. Um, publication um, was doing something about us so um, that was crazy we're just very happy about it you know that someone um, that are usually you know reviewing um, a lot of places in Sydney's and all the big cities in Australia came here to the Blue Mountains and, and not only saying that it they, they, they loved it but it's you know making this comment about you know, comparison with a you know Apple Store, it's um, that was pretty it was cool. crazy. And then we were like much busier after that, that article as well. Because <laughs> Broadsheet, especially in the early days when they released that article, I think that was about three years ago they released that article. Yeah. Yeah. And I think back in those days as well, if Broadsheet posted something about a business, 
everyone would, would, would yeah. get there. Yeah, that was, I definitely, f we felt the effect of that uh, wow. article. Yeah, we, we just had to, to keep up with it. Maintain and uh, it. we would sell out, you know, early, which is hard because you want to make sure everyone uh, come, you know, comes into the bakery, leaves with what they want, you know, so it was a bit of a, it's, um, yeah, it's hard. I don't like to disappoint people. Of course, you know, yeah, I, yeah, want, yeah. I want them to get things <laughs> that they want. You know. Of course, and 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 from, what was it like for you to see the support from the locals, especially that you you know you'd only been in baking such a short time. Yeah, that that's that was very overwhelming. Um, um, I still remember when we um, opened just my partner and I, and she was doing the the front of house. You know, we still had our firstborn. Um, um, on her chest, you know, she was carrying it with a baby wow. carrier at the front and she was doing the till, like doing 10, 10, 11 hours days, um, like that. So it, it was a um, very special time because, um, yeah, everything was new. It was still, you know, very much her and I, a little baby and, you know, receiving this community. It was like receiving people at home, you know what I mean? It's our little uh, hub, you know, come here. We've got this, this, this today. Um, but we quickly had to find, you know, more stuff for the front of house, more stuff for the um, for the back of house as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you think this love? Because you can talk, you can hear your passion and see your passion when you're talking about it. Do you think this love of hospitality comes from your family, starting with with your parents? I think so. I think so because I was there, you know, um, witnessing the whole um, uh, the whole thing. You know, like the the, the service, um, people getting their coffee and pastries in the morning in a cafe. So uh, yeah, I think it comes from them, from good food, and also. Um, I don't know, as a person, you know, I just love good food and I always remember, you know, going to um, Paris and uh, hanging out with my hospitality friends, you know, having the Mondays and Tuesdays off, yes. um, going to restaurants and just every week going to different ones or to the same one that we like and just keep eating. And um, so I think there's, um, there's also maybe a, a cultural thing to it. Um, yeah. No, that's good. Alex, how does it make you feel when you hear people? Um, I was yesterday. I was telling you one of my friends said that they travel from the city to come to Black Hopper to at least a couple of times a month. Yeah. How does that make you feel when you hear things like that? Um, I still like. I think it's crazy. You know, I think it's uh, it's amazing. Um, you know, crazy in a good way. It's um, um I, I don't realize it. Um, you know, you when you're focused into trying to, you know, every day make the the, the best possible job you can, and you know, making sure you're um. Uh, keeping up with the quality and, and make sure you don't disappoint people. So that's, that's um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's very uh, flattering and it's very, um, um, how can I say that, rewarding also to know that um, it's appreciated by people that are, you know, willing to travel quite a bit to go and get your product. You yeah. know, it's quite special. So it's, um, it does feel good. It, it, it feels good to know that, um, yeah. People, it's love from all over. Yeah, even I mean, yeah. even other who, who other bakeries. You know, I've spoken to a few other bakers, Johnny from Adelaide, and, and a few yeah. people have mentioned how amazing your bakery is. Who do you look up to in the industry? Uh, oh, there's the many. There's many um, that I look up to. There's um, and I, uh, they all have their different. Um, um, how can I say that qualities? Uh, from them, you know, it's. Um, uh, the, the 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 first bread, and I think the the one that still uh, would stay on the top for me is uh, Iggy's in, uh, in Bronte, Iggy's Bread of the World. They, um, um, again, to speak about um, when I was working at Sean's Panorama, there was um, every Sunday, Sean would bring out some uh, fresh bread from, um, from Iggy's to the staff and he would make those little um, brochettas, you know, with beautiful, oh, perfectly beautiful. ripe um, tomatoes and anchovies and basil, drizzle of olive oil. And I, I tasted that bread with, um, it was there, um, Ryan Caraway. And I don't, I, hadn't tasted anything like that before, ever. Um, 
and I was asking, you know, what, what's that bread? You know, what's the seeds in it? Where's that taste coming from? It's saying the caraway seeds. And I went to that bakery and um, I just fell in love with, um, um, with the bread that they, they're making, the quality of bread. And, um, and it's amazing. Yeah, the, the ethics as well, you know, we, we do share the same ethics. Yeah. So I think that they would still be the one that I kind of, yeah, look up to definitely if I had to say one. But then there's many other, you know, bakeries that I do uh, take inspiration from for different, you know, qualities. Yeah, yeah Iggy's is definitely the leader in, 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 it's probably in Australia, aren't they? They're beautiful. Yeah. I, I just love what they do. And, and, um, and you can see that it's um, the people behind it, you know, are doing this uh, from a place of love again. You know what I mean? You, you can see it. You can see when you uh, do the, the, the massive queue in the Bronte store, you know, when you, when you come in, um, how you're welcome and, and even just the vibe, you know, it's just, it's great. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really beautiful to see the the reception they get and the respect they have for the product. Like people, people appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you've obviously opened a store in Katoomba. It's more of a retail store. So you bake here in Lawson. And we deliver every morning. Katoomba. Yeah. You had a store, um, but you've recently moved another store in Katoomba. Yeah. Um, what, what was the reason behind that? I, the, it was a 28 square meter shop, the shop in Ketumba. It was a very cheap rent. Yeah. We, um, we thought, oh, you know, why not? You know, we can make a few bread and pastries for an extra shop here, see how it goes. And, um, and we kept it for, I think, a year. And, um, but we very quickly outgrow the space. You know, we just had um, one of those um, big long table with two benches and a, uh, a little counter. And yeah, it was, it was just way too small. So. Yeah, we had to move to something uh, bigger, and um, which you said is a bit big, too small now. And now it's too small again. <laughs> <laughs> but very happy with um, yeah, with uh, uh, with the look of the shop. It's really, really much our image, Black Oak. Yeah. When people come in, I'm happy that finally people have enough um, space to sit down and enjoy the full experience. Yeah, um, yeah. And and you've obviously got Katoomba now. You got the Lawson store. You know, you you do a little bit of wholesaling. A little bit, yeah. Mm. A little bit to a few cafes and restaurants around. We haven't really pushed that side of the business yeah. uh, because we are um, not that attractive on a, a wholesale point of view because we only operating five days a week. Okay. We don't slice the bread. Um, and yeah, there's all those things you know, that make people mm. uh, going for. A, but it's, it's testament to you and how good your product is that people are still, you don't, because not slicing the bread's a big deal. Yeah. Only five days, but people want, people don't care, they want your product. Yeah, there's still a few yeah. cafes and restaurants that stick, uh, stick to this, um, to, to what we do. And, and we spoke a little bit earlier about the amount of pastries that you go through. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us about numbers? Yeah, what we do at the moment, um, for the past um, three, four weeks, we've been doing around uh, 4,000 pastries a week. How does that make uh, you feel? 3.8, 4,000. It's crazy. Again, you know, I had to take my um, calculator and calculate, you know, <laughs> to see how much we would make a week. I don't, I don't realize it's uh, uh, how busy it is because, you know, you slowly evolve and it's part of your routine. So it's, um, um, yeah, you just, um, you just forget. That's amazing. You just forget because this is something you do every day and yeah. So, so Alex, what's you know we spoke a little bit about the Katoomba store, your wholesaling. What's what's next for you? What, what what's the vision? If I said to you in five years' time, how many stores do you want to have, or where do you want to be? What's your vision like? Well, there's still a lot to do in the Blue Mountains, um, and it's um, a region that is uh, growing. You know, a lot of people are coming from from Sydney up, you know, to buy, buy houses and to um, or to live live here. So um, the idea would be to find a, a warehouse space where we can. Uh, move most of the production to 
and um, we, we would keep the, the shop in Lawson, keep the shop in Ketumba, and eventually maybe open a shop in Lura or in Blackheath, or we had a, quite a, a few people opening a shop in, um, in the lower mountain as well. They've, they've been asking yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think the main, like the first step would be to have a warehouse where we can centralize all the, um, uh, the production and also be able to um, have bigger uh, piece of equipment also yeah. to, to get ready for the next step. Well, you were kind enough to show me through your, your bakery here, and it's crazy to think the numbers you're doing with the space that you have. Oh, yeah. It's, it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> but you've made it work, which is, yeah. which is what we do, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then what about the city? I mean, is it because it is so saturated in the city? We, we have people asking about the city. We, we do regularly, not very often, but we, we always have every now and then people asking us either where we are retailing or if there's any... Sp- um, spot where we retail our bread in in, in a city or um, cafes and restaurants uh, that are opening, I mean, mostly cafes that are opening in, in a city and, and, and ask us um, if we could supply and our health food store as well. Um, but it's just not doable for us at this stage. Again, I think we go back to the wholesale thing. You know, we are not set up for that. And having the warehouse would definitely allow us to... Um, to um, develop that side of the business, definitely. Um, if we were to um, try and increase the wholesalers' uh, numbers, because the wholesaling side is a whole nother beast, right? It is. Yeah. It is, and it's um, you know, I'm I'm not close to it. I think this is uh, it's a great um, source of income because it's a bit more uh, consistent. Usually, you know, you have the same cafes and restaurants Correct, w- yeah. which order the same amount of bread. So I'm 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 thinking about it, and um, maybe one day, um, one day. Will be ready to at least yeah, just yeah. deliver in the mountains, uh, in a city to a few a few yeah. places, and then come come back up the mountain. Yeah, because Iggy's even Iggy's is very limited to who they wholesale to. They very yeah, and again, it's a very different um, product. Yeah. So you know, like I think the people that came here, um, um, you know, want, want this type of bread, and especially the one that are asking about where we can find them in a city. You know, it's uh, uh, because they like this very f- yeah yeah and. Obviously, COVID, you know, we started in Australia, very lucky, you know, we're out of it now. Um, it's still, you still, we're still on edge because it can always, ha- you know, we can go on lockdown any day now, but you know, we're very lucky in Australia. How did you cope with COVID? Mm. It was very, um, was freaky at the beginning. We, we all freaked out. What are we going to do? Um, already thinking about how we're going to switch the whole business and maybe starting to offer um, home deliveries to the community in the mountain Um, and we just quickly realized as we were trying to get everything ready um, for home delivery that the business um, didn't suffer at all you know it just even went a little bit uh, higher so people would come more or maybe buy more bread Um, so yeah we didn't uh, suffer that much it was quite the opposite we, we, we are a bit wow. busier uh, at the beginning of COVID, yeah. Did you, I mean, Blue Mountains, is five million tourists a year, they go to the Blue Mountains. Did you guys suffer? Like, for, like obviously you said this, it was busier because a lot of locals were buying breads, but did you find that obviously no one was traveling, so it didn't, you didn't struggle f- from um, Yeah, I think, I think at the beginning was more from the community. Okay. You know, like the first few weeks yeah. of COVID. And, um, and um, definitely uh, after a few months, you can feel that, yeah, yeah, month where we would be a little less busy are, are quite busier because people are coming here and they cannot go any, anywhere else um, and it's a beautiful area to visit you know come take the family and you yeah. Know, yeah and and for people starting out in the industry what's some pieces of advice that you give to them um, 
Well, again, like for hospitality, I think it comes down to the amount of um, how passionate you are um, to get into that industry, you know, as you know, and as uh, uh, that's a pretty uh, important thing. That's very important. Uh, make sure you're fully committed. Uh, make sure you have um, people around you that are um, uh, willing to support you through, you know, all the hard times, um, especially at the beginning. And um, make sure you talk to as many um, people as possible from the industry. You know, people that have um, succeeded into um, starting their own business. Uh, take time to go and see them and ask them questions. Um, and um, yeah, also I, th I think uh, an important thing is uh, the financial side of things. Making sure you are not um, make sure you're down to earth. It's matching, yeah. you know, the, the, the yeah, that's it. Realistically, um, yeah. yeah. How how did you deal with a lot of the financial side of things when you first opened your bakery? Um, that was um, we we had a budget that we planned. Uh, obviously, we went whatever that budget. That's um, but um, it's um, yeah, I think it's. Um, we didn't worry um, too much because, again, I had the, the, the full support and as long as it was within the range that we had uh, planned to invest, um, things were, were, were fine. So, again, you know, it's very lucky awesome. uh, that I had got this um, freedom. Had that. Let me ask you, and I was going to ask you when you spoke a little yeah. bit about the business partners, is yeah. there ever a dream to open in America? Yeah, we've talked about it many times. Yeah, yeah we talked about it many times. Yeah, something you maybe look down in the future. Yeah, well, they are in um, they are in Los Angeles, okay. and um, I think once everything uh, calms down a bit and we can travel, I'm I'm hoping to be able to visit them and spend time um, around the area where they live. And there's a few, there's a, a handful of bakeries that I like to um, to try yeah. and and to visit in um in America as well. So, yeah, why not? Why not explore <laughs> Why options? Not? Yeah, exactly. And you, you touched on a little bit about social media and how that's been good for your business. How important yeah. is social media for your business? I think it's, it's very important nowadays. People um, always check what you're doing. Um, and uh, I'm trying to keep up with that because I'm the one managing that, uh, um, that account um, with Lulu, my, my partner as well. She's um, also posting every now and then. Um, it's, it's, um, it's hard to make sure you... you, you you keep posting, you know, because you, you, you often have, you know, you, you have to jump on the bread and you, you have to do other things or sometimes you just have the mind for it, you know, of to course. take time to take a picture. Or, but, but I think it's very important to try to keep up to that. We try to do at least one or two posts a week. Yeah. It's not amazing, but, you know, uh, it's like that. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of the times you're like, we have this available, both stores. To That's it. Out. Yeah. I, I'd like to, I like to communicate, uh, especially on weekends, because this is when we do a bit more um, specials. Yeah. Uh, uh, on weekends, I'd, um, I'd like to think that I'd like to think that people uh, check out their Instagram sometimes in the morning and open and you know find this beautiful post about the pastries and be yeah. you know we gotta go to the Blue Mountains or we gotta go to Black Cuckoo Bakery. Of course. Today, look at what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. and your socials are great, man. At the end of the day, your product speaks for itself. So as soon as you post something, you're gonna get a yeah. lot of people coming out. So yeah, um, I got one more question. That final question that you know that's coming. But before we ask that question, is there anything you want to add to this podcast that you think could add value to anyone listening? Um, I think for um, any new baker that would, was willing to uh, to start in the in industry um, to uh, reach out, reach out to um, uh, to me or to you know the, the baking community through Instagram or. Uh, um, yeah, any other social media and also to check out uh, Grains um, it's an organization um, that is gathering bakers 
uh, millers and farmers, brewers, anything grain related every year. Uh, so it's um, Australia and, and New Zealand, even though there's people um, uh, coming from you know, all, all around the world. Uh, so to reach out to that community um, at Grains, uh, they have an Instagram, um, and it's uh, yeah, a beautiful event that's happening every year. That's very um, cool. Check it out. That's, that's every yeah, year here in, in Australia. In Australia, I think they had um, uh, one that's happened in New Zealand a few years back, and it's beautiful community of genuine people willing to share and, um, and um, recenter this, um, the, the grain economy, um, making sure we're using you know, Australian grain, um, supporting farmers, Australian farmers. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful community again to um, uh, check out. Yeah, it's called Grains with a Z at the end. Yeah, yeah. I just love how much you love the industry because you, you know, you're happy to, if people reach out to you, to, you know, you're happy to help. And because this is what people did as well with me. You know, it's important to be, not, not be selfish and, you know, be sh sharing back. I, got, yeah. I was really amazed again with the, 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 the amount of time that people would spare at the beginning when I was asking all those questions, like it's the, 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 the bakers are truly um, amazing people, you know, they're, they're very humble, they, they, they share their recipes, they share their methods, they have, they take the time to explain even though they're all crazy busy with their life, um, take the time to even organize events like the one I just mentioned, you know, like it, it's just priceless, like this event yeah. is amazing, like I, I try to go there every year, um, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's the only way this industry will continue to grow hospitality bakery yeah yeah it's it's it ne everyone needs to look after each other and support that's each right because there's enough business for everyone right? it is important yeah it's exactly right. yeah alex so final yeah. question we um obviously it's from guy raz and how i built this and his final question oh, he yeah. asks all his guests <laughs> is how much of your success is from hard work and how much from luck so even though that question was coming i, I didn't take the time to <laughs> think about it before yeah, about, yeah. A, about a good answer or so i'm just gonna um you know uh I'd say um, I'd say fifty-fifty. Yeah, I'd say fifty-fifty because uh, you have to work hard, definitely. Because you, you again, this is an industry where there's people, um, other people doing it. You know, other people making bread. So you need to work hard, making sure your product is different and um, is yours. You know, as your your identity in it. And um, but if you work hard and you haven't um, you're not lucky enough to meet the right uh, people at the right time, you might not be able to pursue your dream, mm. you know? And if you're lucky, but you know, you're not uh, working hard, you know, I mean, you know, I think 50-50 is, is, is what I would say. And that's why I love asking that question because everyone's got a different response to it, which is, which is yeah. always very interesting, so. Luck is a big, uh, for me, is a big, again, I, I think about my experience, it's, yeah, big, mm. big chunk of luck. You're also very that's, humble, so. Well, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, again, thank you so much for everything you do for the industry, um, the, you know, for me and, and other people. And obviously, you know, it shows you how passionate you are. So it's my pleasure. I really appreciate it.